This episode of MBSing was sponsored by Utter Nonsense. Ever wondered what it's like to see your friend orgasm or take a poop? Reveal these mysteries and more with the Chicago-born party game Utter Nonsense, currently available at Target stores nationwide. Learn more about Utter Nonsense in MBSing episode 113 with co-creator Tim Swindle. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Caitlin Costello, and she talked to me about her love of St. Patrick's Day. And uh, while she can certainly recognize the horror that it can wreak on um, popular party neighborhoods in Chicago, the likes of Wrigleyville, for instance, uh, she also has a lot of family history uh, tied to the holiday. It's more about tradition for her and gathering people together and Irish culture and all that legit stuff than um, crappy bar crawls. Though she uh, appreciates the fact that it's a, a freebie holiday, so to speak. Um, once you hear Caitlin's backstory in terms of how close she grew up to Notre Dame's campus, I think you'll appreciate why her love for the holiday uh, really exists in the first place. Um, also, I looked up St. Patrick to see what the deal with the snakes was, and that's apparently just like a big myth, but they owe it to him because it's like part of his ideology of some sort. Um, but really, Ireland is just an island that never had snakes on it. Cool. Anywho, uh, great up. A lot of fun. Caitlin is a total joy, and it was really, really cool to get to hear her share some of these, uh, family memories and, uh, the importance of the holiday to her and her life and, uh, the times when she's actually been a bartender in Wrigleyville during the holiday and elsewise. So it's a, a popular time to be, um, aware of the fact that people have to work that job because the Cubs are doing very well and Wrigleyville um, is a walking nightmare, but go Cubs go. Um, I think that's all I've got. If you want to support another show in the Chicago Podcast Co-op, might I, as I often do, suggest the improvised Star Trek podcast? I was on their show this week with an episode entitled, uh, Was That Jazz? And boy, was it a blast. I love those guys. Uh, so, that seems like as good a place as any to start listening. Um, but there's a whole co-op full of great shows waiting for you to check them out every Thursday at 9:30. The fishbowl at Annoyance is great for students because they can put their student ID into a fishbowl and will draw it out, and they can play with Annoyance current performers and teachers. Isn't that cool? I can't imagine a better way to spend a Thursday night. Saturday nights, Splatter Theater, 10 p.m. from now until Halloween special show. 
on Halloween night itself at 8. 8 and 10 that night, a doubleheader of beheadings. Ooh, we should be using that in the marketing materials. More Halloween-themed stuff. The Nerdlogs have a Your Stories event coming up on October 18th. The theme is Horror Stories, and our guests are those from the Match 3 podcast, another show on the Chicago Podcast Network that you should check out, especially if you're a fan of cool video games and cool people who talk about them and play them and write about them and explore the cultural context of them. Um, then check that out. Your Stories is at 7 o'clock at the Cards Against Humanity office, 1917 North Elston. Match 3, your stories, this show, and improvised Star Trek can all be found at chicagopodcastcoop.com. It's got a real sweet, fresh new layout, so check that out. But first, enjoy this episode. I feel like I should be read my Miranda rights or something. Oh, yes. Uh, You have the right to say anything you want because it can and will be posted on the internet. Fantastic. (laughs) For all mm, maybe 100 people to hear. Oh, I'm going for 101. That's a challenge. Uh, Yeah. So Steve is like our web guru and phenomenally uh, about a year or so into doing the show figured out how to host everything that we do including your stories on the nerdlock site great like it just it blows like i never had yeah, to worry and about keeping all the traffic in one place yeah yep. yeah i never had to worry about Podbean again and like our uh actual hosting and stuff is super cheap because he just like owns the domain and now through his well he's He's switching jobs but for a while through his job he got our site fees paid for because he would use our site to like (laughs) <laughs> to, like um show people how like oh, you would cool. use it like, as a look demo what you can do yeah exactly basically and we we're all just what like steve like you how they're <laughs> somehow over the years and he's married now right or almost uh, this weekend this weekend yeah so uh wow. when this goes up he will be married oh i'm so excited isn't that real exciting this is like the pre-steve converse married conversation yeah yeah and then in the future he'll be married mm-hmm I'm I'm really stoked. I was actually just texting with Joe and his gal about because me and my dude are uh-huh. riding up there with him. So. Oh, great! Yeah, it's yeah. in Milwaukee. Then. It is in Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, my cousin strangely dated his little brother for a long, long time. Hilarious! And I was at my cousin's graduation party, and I said to John, "Doesn't that guy look like Steve Persh?" That's so funny. And they do look alike, but they're very different. His brother is kind of, you know, like hip hippie yeah. kind of yeah yeah but they looked for very much alike yeah i've definitely had a combo with steve about his little bro before mm-hmm. <laughs> they mm-hmm. are uh but it, it's hilarious to think that they look super similar and like that out of the blue they're pretty right totally opposite right. yeah that you were like wow that guy looks like steve first and then he was like <laughs> yeah my brother does comedy in chicago and we did the whole sure tell us who it is we probably right. know them right and, and uh, they're and like then, okay oh, we know him like totally very well. know him <laughs> did you did you your time in the group crossed with steve's yes yeah not very long for a little yeah it was just like maybe a con or two right cool i can't quite remember the exact amount of months but yeah had a couple meetings in his apartment remember that 
That's funny. Yeah. In that condo up north. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a nice place. Yeah. Uh, Mike Jimerson and his wife used to live in the same building as them. So oh. I'd like go to Steve's for rehearsal and be like, oh, oh, hey, Mike. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mike Jimerson. What a nice guy. Total dream. Every time I run into him, I'm like, can we have a great conversation right now? Yeah. And we do. He's brilliant mm-hmm. and kind and interesting and seemingly is uh, achieving all of the like creative things that he should be achieving That's great. as right. as what a great performer he is. I got to he's on my playground team and for a while he just couldn't do shows because of the um T J and Dave mission right. show. And uh now he's back, baby. And now he's back. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we got to improvise for the first time in at least six months. Oh uh, fun. Together. Good. Um and it was super fun. I love when just the best people get every success that they want. I never met Vanessa Bayer myself, uh-huh. but somebody uh, in the community said to me once, like, it couldn't have happened to a nicer woman. Oh, good. And I just thought that was such a nice phrase to hear. To say about to, someone. And to say about someone. I just got chills because I really, I think the same thing. Whenever I see someone, you know, I love when it happens to the best of people. And I feel like that is more often than not what happens because those kinds of people just attract good things you right. know like they get the, there's people wanting to work with them be around them you get out of exactly. it what you put into mm-hmm. it uh well i can't think of a nicer person to be on my show today oh stop. <laughs> thank you very much my guest is the lovely caitlin costello yes and she's going to be talking to me about saint patrick's day mm-hmm. and my interviewer is the lovely mary Smith. yes and uh, she's going to listen to me talk about St. Patrick's Day. And engage and tell some stories. <laughs> tell some stories. <laughs> I gotta say, I love me that holiday. What's the origin? Well, it's definitely family-based. Okay. Um, grandma and Grandpa on my dad's side, pretty much 100% Irish. Hundo. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a, someone in there was German, and but we don't talk about it. That's so funny. Yeah. Like how uh, can they like trace back... To Ireland. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What county everybody's from. uh, Exactly. I love it. So St. Patrick's was always kind of a great excuse to go over to grandma's and eat great food and be together with the cousins. That's cool. See, I feel like so few people would have that relationship to it. Yeah. It was more special than like a regular Sunday night meal Mm -hmm. with the extended family. Did you do traditional Irish food and stuff, too? Absolutely. Soda bread. The soda bread <laughs> is such a staple of Irish food, and it's so recognizable. Everybody knows it. Uh-huh. But it's got to be the worst thing. It's not good. Thing. It's, it's terrible. It's Well, I feel like the Irish get... The Irish and uh, UK get a decent amount of crap for having subpar food. Oh, the food there is terrible. Yeah, I lived in London for a while, too. And the best food in London was uh, ethnic food, like Indian or... Yeah, Indian food, super good. Right, exactly. We ate... uh, I I went there for study abroad for a few months, and we ate at a, like, shawarma place all the time. Right. Because it was affordable and delicious. Yeah, and, like, kebabs were always the thing you get late night, too. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing open after the pubs Mm -hmm. close really early at 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the soda bread definitely is a big part of the menu always. But 
we always have a way of making it better, like with raisins or currants or rye or something. Okay. Because otherwise, you're literally just eating baking soda. <laughs> Maybe a little butter if you're lucky. Re- Flour. Is that, can you make it? Like, do you know all these yeah. recipes and stuff? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I make this stuff every year. Uh, Big menu for the St. Patrick's. So grandma, of course, does it best. Sure. Um, and she continues to do so. I mean, she's had decades to decades perfect all to that do stuff. It. And so then when I moved to Chicago, I... Where are you from originally? South Bend, Indiana. Okay. So literally, my address is Notre Dame, Indiana. Oh, So the Irish gosh. is through I didn't through. even think about that yeah. when you first said South Bend. My, uh, my dad's house is so close to Notre Dame's campus that the technical address is Notre Dame, Indiana. That's crazy. It's so ridiculous. I would never put that on like a envelope. Yeah. You know, everybody knows. Did you always put yourself in? Yeah, of course. Um, and it also just feels totally pretentious. Oh, I mean, yes. I don't think you can mention <laughs> Notre Dame without that floating in there. Exactly. <laughs> You're not, are you an alum? I am not. I, no. I didn't think so. No. So my high school is across the street. My dad's house is across the street. Oh my God. And I was like, I'm not going to go to so Notre Dame. So it's one of those things where you're too close to it. And Way you're too just close. like, F this. Yeah. And, you know, my mom was from New York City. And so she always said, it's good to get out. You know, why Why am I living in Indiana, let alone you? Oh, good. Yeah. It's good that she encouraged you Absolutely. to do stuff like that. So I thought I was going, you know, so far away, all the way to Chicago. It's 90 minutes away. That's so funny. When I was 18, it was a huge deal. But still, sure. Yeah. You went to... So I went to DePaul here DePaul. in Chicago. Right. So another large Catholic university. Of course. Um, yeah. DePaul is kind of like Notre Dame Chicago <laughs> it is it's actually a lar- it's supposedly the largest Catholic university in the country really Notre Dame is definitely the most prestigious and recognizable sure because uh, everyone talks about it in a way that makes everyone know and that it's prestigious clothing. and exactly <laughs> recognizable yep <laughs> exactly uh, <laughs> uh, I'm glad I'm glad that I can speak openly about it. I mean, just be like, yeah, you're right. Oh, I mean, you've been inundated by it your whole life. It's my whole life, yeah. And I'm going home this weekend Mm. for the football game. I go to a couple a year. I try to. Who are they playing this weekend? um, This weekend is Navy. Next weekend's USC. Tough loss last weekend. Last weekend's game was a really tough loss at the very end. I went to school 45 minutes from Clemson. Oh, okay. So that I was I literally like... said, who the heck is <laughs> Like, I didn't even know who we were playing. Well, Notre Dame, yeah, I mean, when I was growing up in the South, mm-hmm. Notre Dame was totally off my radar. Like, it, I mean, I knew it existed. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know where it was. I did not realize it was as, like, like that the people went there were as like devoted to it and that it was such a like integral part of you know midwest schooling and culture and etc uh but i was just like yeah i just like knew what it was uh so it was actually kind of funny to come to chicago and realize so many alums living here Mm -hmm. Mm yeah 
uh, I went through I.O. with a Notre Dame alum, and I always joke that I know that because she never stopped talking about it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's funny to hear you say, like, I don't know what Clemson is, when yeah. in South Carolina it's like Clemson, Carolina is the biggest rivalry oh, man. it's one of the biggest rivalries in college football. i would not have at all known that mm-hmm. no college football to me is a hundred percent notre dame right and it's not i don't even like notre dame that much i don't even like football that much right but it's just such a part of sure. my upbringing uh-huh. and you go home you park your car you walk across the street to the stadium, you go tailgating, you just walk up and down the aisles, and you recognize all these people, and all your parents' friends are giving you beers, Hilarious. asking how you're doing. And for a while, I hated that. Yeah. There was like a good chunk of time, it, college well, to 23 maybe, that that was not fun or cool. Sure. And now I love that. I love going home and talking to like 60-year-olds uh-huh. about what I'm up to, how uh-huh. they're doing. Well, I think there's also a difference in like legitimately wanting to share what your life is like now Mm. and like being excited and like um proud of the things that you work on and the the cool things that are going on in your life i I think at least from my perspective there's a bit of a difference there because i i told i feel similarly in the sense that like yeah going home going back to my hometown when i was that age was like (sighs) i can't even remember some of these people's names right like how many church services do I have to go to? You know, like, and most of the people I talk to end up knowing half of the stuff I would tell them anyway because mm-hmm. my parents just never stop talking about me. But, um, but yeah, I totally get that. Like, as you get older, it gets more. You stop worrying about being cool. And right. Stuff There's like something that. kind of charming about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I can imagine, especially in that like close when you can. Like you said, park your car and walk across the yeah. street. On the way from my dad's, you stop at my uncle's. You have a, a little something to get you inebriated and going. Uh-huh. And then you keep walking the rest of the way to campus. That's so funny. And then you go the other way around, turn a different corner, and then you're at grandma's house. I was going to, I was just about to Everybody ask, was your grandma that close as yeah. well? Everybody's really close, right? Man. Um, speaking of Notre Dame, my dad said, he was on campus in Notre Dame once, so he's an alum, and he went to class on St. Patrick's Day, and in the morning, there were like 15 out of 20 people in his class, and then he went to his next class, and there were 10 people out of 20 in class, and then he went to his third class of the day, and there were like three people in class, and he said, what the heck is going That's on? So funny. And everyone said, well, it's St. Patrick's Day. Nobody's in class. Everyone's out getting drunk. Uh-huh. And according to him... Legend has it that they no longer schedule classes on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, my God. They'll, like, always make sure that there's some sort of break, spring break or a long it. weekend oh. break or parents weekend or something so surrounding they, like, have an excuse to not right. have classes that day because they know nobody's going to go. Right. Because Notre Dame That's students so just go wild funny. for St. Patrick's Day. I mean, it makes perfect. It's like a, it's like a holiday for their school. Exactly. Like, how could it? Yeah. I mean... I think even when I came to Chicago, I was really surprised by what a, like, especially what a, like, drinking holiday it is. Absolutely. Because in the South, I think it was just kind of like a, more like a Valentine's Day mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Just like another little fun 
kind of that some useless. people care about. Yeah, like you, you know, you wear green so nobody pinches you. Right. Um, and then I came up here and I got really into it. Because I was like, oh, a holiday where you, like, wear green and uh, drink a bunch, I'm in. Like, I'm in, yeah. If those are the only <laughs> tenets. <laughs> and you totally fit the part, too. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I'm, I'm like a hero on uh-huh. St. Patrick's Day. But it's weird because my, uh, my dad was adopted, and my mom's kind of like, mm, Heinz 57. Like, I don't ascribe to being Irish. Okay. I have to assume it's somewhere, somewhere in there. <laughs> I think so. Somewhere in there. Look at me. Yeah. But like whenever I feel like that's such a, you know, people want to strike up that conversation and I never, I feel like it's always a letdown for me to be like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe you'll know a little bit more after this conversation. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So, but you grew up with that being, so do you feel yeah. like the Irishness would like permeated your the year and the holiday was just like the one time where it was like yeah um maybe it didn't really permeate the year maybe it kind of all came out that day which is what made that day really special cool yeah we're not like you know we don't go around talking about how irish we are sure um we've all the family's all been to ireland traveled together and whatnot but it was just such a great night to get together with the cousins, um, eat a bunch of grandma's food. And one of my favorite things about St. Patrick's Day is my cousins. Cool. And um, my brother and I are the oldest of the cousins. And then there's, um, I think, 20-something behind us. Wow. And just as everybody, like, gets older and older and we spend more and more St. Patrick's Day together, uh-huh. we we are drinking, obviously. Uh-huh. As you said, it's a huge part Do of it. Do you usually still go back down to uh, South Bend? But now, like, I have Everyone's my home. Chicago party. Sure. And all my cousins who live in Chicago come to my house. Oh, And cool. I'd hate to say that it's better than grandma's, but it's just mm. different. It's different. It's, it's like the new age of awesome. continuing the, the tradition here. Making it your own now. Yeah, and my cousins that's will come. so fun. Friends and whatnot. And we'll try to replicate the food as best we can put our own little spins on it that and, is so and special. become friends as adults yeah you know? that's because it's a totally different relationship it is right and i feel like i'm finally i'm like hitting that point with uh with definitely with a couple of my cousins but even with my older brother like we you know while he was he's five years older than i am so uh, when he went to college, I was still in middle school. Mm-hmm. So there's like enough of a gap that it just didn't really click for a while. And then while I was in college, he was kind of like starting a family and stuff. And then I, we've kind of come back around to being in, I guess, even though he's, you know, got a family and everything all settled down, built the house, all that good stuff. And I'm, uh, gonna be a renter forever <laughs> um uh it still feels more like we're on the same page we're becoming friends as adults it's a decision right yeah. like oh i actually enjoy being around this person yeah and my parent didn't drive me over here and make me hang out in the basement with all of them together yeah no yeah. we're actively seeking each other's friendship and it's been and I've been equating that in recent years cool. to St. Patrick's Day, ah. to these big parties. Um, they're My cousins are all younger than me, so they're probably a little more inebriated on St. Patrick's Day, maybe going out to the bars first. Sure. And that's awesome. The, the drinking aspect of that holiday is simultaneously 
the worst and best yeah. part of it. I recognize. I am the first to say how absolutely atrocious the holiday can be. Uh-huh. Some uh-huh. people think I know there it's are people ridiculous. who hate it. Yeah. Um, I get it. I totally do. Like I'm not trying to change everybody's mind about St. Patrick's Day. Uh-huh. I just have this really great personal connection to it. And and how can you be mad at drinking Guinness? Yeah. Doing shots of Jameson and eating corned beef. Like that's my little corner of heaven right there. I love that. I love I it just, so much. My, my smile is plastered because I can't, like, oh, plastered. No pun intended. <laughs> um, I can't disagree. Like, right. it's, it's one of those things where it's like, especially, like you said, you have such a unique relationship to it. And I think that is kind of the beauty of this show is that, uh, you know, it celebrates a thing that you love in this very specific way, mm. uh, in a way that, uh, you know, and you get to watch other people and think about your own memories that you've had with it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, I love Irish car bombs, but apparently people don't like calling them that. It's apparently such an insult. Right. Yeah. But like fighting Irish is also, uh, could be perceived as an insult, right? right? The drunk Irish always picking fights. Right. Yeah, uh, but I also think like Irish have a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I like to think. Um, certainly, when I ordered a round of Irish car bombs in London, I got reamed at, and um, only after having explained to the bartender what they were, and somebody said to me like, "That'd be like me going to your country and ordering a nine eleven shot," and I paused and I was like the heck is a 9-11 shot yeah let's make it yeah and you were probably like oh that sounds kind of funny actually yeah <laughs> let's like what's in a 9-11 shot let's do tequila and tabasco fireball oh there fireball yeah great uh what's uh what's like in uh is there anything like airplane oh jesus <laughs> come on we're going deep i mean there's gotta be i'm just not coming up with it right yeah. now <laughs> or or like a new york liquor something with um buildings on the bottle <laughs> um, yeah yeah doesn't um new amsterdam doesn't that have what is that vodka i think they have vodka and gin oh okay um so maybe new amsterdam vodka and fireball. <laughs> oh, i know be... I, I was like yeah. you're trying to teach me a lesson here buddy by me not ordering an irish car bomb was he I'm, british or irish he was british it was my ex-boyfriend Oh. Yeah, he was just so flabbergasted at Oh, so he was with you. Right. It wasn't even... And I ordered around. Someone, see, I was imagining it being someone who was like a stranger in the bar being offended by you. No, that. I think he thought he was saying to me what everybody in the bar wanted to say to me. Gotcha. But and you like, perceived it more as like... a 23-year-old American girl trying to buy you some drinks. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. That's really funny. I understand funny. the sensitivity, and I'm I'm sure it's worse with the older generation. Yeah. You know, I, I understand that I don't come from that. But yeah. And, like, honestly, down. I'm not even sure that is an apt comparison, just in the sense that, like, England and Ireland, like, had such, they're so, their history and, like, the fight for independence oh, was so like rocky and torn and is still yeah, there still. in a lot of ways. Like Northern Ireland mm-hmm. is still, um, 
real scary at times. Right. And like they call some like we went to Derry while we were uh abroad and they call it two different things. Like the Irish call it Derry and the British call it Londonderry. Oh goodness. Like it's they can't and it's in Northern Ireland. So like they can't even yeah. settle on like what to call things because they're still like claiming it. Yeah. Each claiming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you I know, don't obviously even... all these people would just be happier if they've tasted the sweet, sweet, creamy goodness of an, of an Irish, Irish car bomb. Oh, I love it. It's so good. I've gotten real. I'm a pro at it. Uh-huh. So cleaning those glasses is terrible. I used to bartend yes. in Wrigleyville and like cleaning glasses. of That's Irish right. Car we should definitely talk about absolutely disgusting, like the curdling that happens. So I get plastic cups. For uh, the carbon And just toss them. Yeah, but then the problem with that, so you drop a shot glass into a half a cup of Guinness mm-hmm. in a plastic cup. Then you've got a heavy shot glass with a really light cup. Oh, and So you got to be careful with the shot glass not coming and hitting you mm-hmm. in the tooth or the nose or something. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm okay mm-hmm. with even just mm-hmm. dumping the Bailey's Jameson mixture straight and in just, and just chugging. I don't really do think your own thing. To each their own. Yeah, it's not like there's really a difference. No, the the only difference is finish it quick. And if you don't, you're going to get made fun of big time. For sure. Uh, I, on my 21st birthday, uh, at the very end, well, it wasn't quite the end of the night, but it was the end of my night, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, it was the last bar that we went to, and I'd been drinking, you know, since dinner. And I had a few drinks during the day, too, because it was my 21st birthday. Lay off me. <laughs> um, and, uh my roommate's boyfriend found out that I had never had an Irish car bomb. Okay. Um, cause like, why would I, I didn't yeah. really drink in bars yet. Um, and, uh, he was like, Oh man, you ready? And like right before that we had walked into the bar, they found out it was my 21st and it was another guy's birthday as well. And they poured us both, what they called the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Oh yeah, it was. It's the four guys, right? Uh oh, I've heard of that too. Oh. Like you're thinking of like Jim and Kevin yeah. Or something. So like, what's the four it, horsemen? The four horsemen of the apocalypse was Goldschlager, Rumplemints, Jägermeister, and Sambuca. I yes. think. Um, in one drink? In one drink. And it was like the side, like it was like a plastic Dixie cup. It was like more than a shot overall. Um, and I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> I was probably at like the perfect state to just turn it up. So I picked it up and like chug it and put my cup down. And I look over and the guy who was supposed to be doing it with me, his cup was full and he was like nowhere to be found. And all my friends were like slapping me on the back and they were like, he took one sip and went outside and threw <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> and then right after that, my buddy Hoke was like, all right, Irish car bomb. <laughs> oh, jeez, I love it. One after the other. You followed a four horseman with an Irish car bomb. So that was um, that was about the last thing I remember from the evening. Sounds like a good birthday. It was, it was pretty epic. See, there's always like fun times behind an Irish car bomb. I think so too. And you know when people say like, "Oh, I just can't drink 
blank anymore. Yes. I don't think it's ever, I just can't drink Irish car bombs anymore. It's I've never heard anyone say that. tequila or yes. gin I'm, or something. I have a bad relationship with tequila yeah. for sure. So it's like a very enjoyable, it, it's a kind of a it's cocktail. It's creamy and, and delicious. Yeah. It, it requires effort. You got to set it up. The cheersing, the time, the timing, yeah. all of it. It's its delightful. Yeah. we uh, And then while I was like right after that, I started going to trivia at uh, an Irish bar really regularly oh, yeah. on Tuesdays. Which uh, one? Oh, this, it, was this was in, in South Carolina, yeah. but it was Connolly's. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy who did trivia, his name was Marty, and he was super Irish, and it was the best. And... Uh, it got to the point where we started ordering Irish car bombs between the second and third rounds so often that mm. our waitress would just bring us around without asking. It was the best. Oh, that's it was great. The, so I got like super into them for a while. Um, but you, so when, what bar did you tend at in Wrigleyville? Oh, um, Lucky's. Okay. So, oh gosh, more Irish. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> think about that when you said it. That's so funny. Either. It's a small bar on, uh, Clark mm-hmm. and it's in the heart of Wrigleyville. But I Is it still open? It's What's still the open. Their, their shtick is like our, uh the Man Pittsburgh versus food guy or right. whatever. Oh, Pittsburgh that's right. style sandwiches. So the guy from Man vs Food came in and did three in a row. And that's our oh. challenge. You have to eat three in a row in like twenty minutes. And they're full sandwiches with the fries and coleslaw on the sandwich. <sighs> I've yeah, never been so there before good. for one reason or another. I think I, I crave just, those sandwiches sometimes. Really? Yeah, so good. Uh, but it was just a it was just a really wild good time. I mean, yes. You you have to entertain a bunch of drunkards. How long did you work there? I worked there for about 3 years maybe. Wow. Yeah. That's putting Tips in were your good. time. I, I bet really it was. miss the cash. Yeah. When I hear of like Cubs Cardinals playing or something You're or like, a concert at Wrigleyville, I'm yeah. like, oh, that could have been Hundreds of dollars, probably right now. Yeah, you certainly get sick of it. Like I can't imagine your schedule's all the schedule's wonky, and you start hanging out with other bartenders, and so you're going. That's the thing about the service industry, right? Is you know, if you like on any given night, if there's a four a.m. bar, that's probably the people that are there. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and the four a.m. bar smells like urine. Like I, I don't. I've never been to a four a.m. bar in Chicago that didn't smell like urine. And none of us cared about it. We yeah. were like, well, another one that smells like piss. <laughs> Great. Here we are. Uh, we used I, to have staff meetings at Lucky's, and a staff meeting was just a shot of Jameson. That's so funny. You'd be so like, hey, whenever somebody would come by and be like, staff, staff meeting. meeting. Mm-hmm. That is really funny. And so you'd have to tell your customer, like, excuse me, I, I got a real quick staff meeting. That is really funny. That makes so much sense. I bet so many bars have that kind of like something wink, like wink. that, right? Do you? Would you? So, like, I feel like there are some bartenders who are okay or slash like welcome getting hammered while they're working, and some who like maybe it's the bar's policy to kind of frown upon something like that. I w- can't imagine any bar would frown upon that. really, and and probably they do, but that's bad for business okay you're trying to create a community within a bar and you're trying to get people to come back and a place like lucky's we were trying to be like a little neighborhood spot within so right within this wrigleyville madness right um you would have people that you wanted to build relationships with that they offer to buy you a shot Yes, you say every yes, time. and then you don't charge them for the shot. Of course. It's just like etiquette. Of course. Because they were so nice. They they assumed that they would 
then they end up tipping you that five bucks instead. Of course. Something like that. Yeah. So That's really funny. We weren't told we had to drink, but I think I probably wouldn't have the job if if, if I did like turn things down. Yeah. That's so funny. The owner of that place actually, it was a Notre Dame grad. Uh he sold it. Is it a Notre Dame bar? Well, I guess maybe more or not less. Anymore. Yeah, Lucky's. Right. But it's definitely a Pittsburgh Steelers bar because that's the style of sandwiches. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Um, and St. Patrick's Day was absolutely I was wild. About in to that ask, place. I and it was that's wall like to wall all day, wall to wall all day. Uh, so for those three years, that's probably what you did on St. Patrick's Day was just yeah, I work think so. All day. Right. Um, I definitely had my party where I cooked all my food and had cool, all my friends good. over. Um, whether or not it was on St. Patrick's Day or right around the I holiday. was going to say, maybe you'd just do it on another day. Yeah, I think I probably did. And I was always doing shows, too. So right. So I had to kind of time it. Um, and I never wanted to throw my party during one of the parades uh, in Chicago. Sure. I've actually we never been to the, the St. Patrick's Day parade. So the downtown I've seen one. the green water. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, the fact that the city does something, anything for a holiday I just love that because it's, like, non-religious affiliated people. So if anybody has a complaint about St. Patrick's Day, it's that some drunk person annoyed them. Yeah. Okay, fine. Get over it. You don't (laughs) want to wear green. That could happen whenever. Yeah, that could happen on a Tuesday. Yeah. And if you don't want to go to a bar on St. Patrick's Day, don't. Don't. That's what I did this past year. I can't remember why... I was like, advert. I think I just had something going on that day, or like got offered to do something that day, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's probably good. Like, <laughs> I can take a break I from celebrating break. this. I think it was a Saturday too, St. Patrick's Day. It this, definitely this year. was, and that was fun. I went to uh, Chief O'Neill's on Elston, mm-hmm. um, listened to really great live Irish Love music, it. which was just delightful. Some people were were dancing. My little cousins, for example, used to do. Irish dance and we're good like won awards and championships wow for Irish dancing they ended up not pursuing it for more than I don't know half a dozen years mm-hmm. because of the cost of the wigs you know those wigs that those Irish dancers wear what have you ever seen like? them like these big red like the girl from brave uh, big red curly wigs or blonde and some brown hair but i never would have thought that it was and they bounce they're like that's what i was gonna say as soon as the only thing i could picture was just like lots of bouncing bouncing hair yeah yeah while your arms are down by your side and And your legs are going nuts Uh so yeah did you ever do any so expensive no i never did it myself I never fancied myself a dancer either. Me either. <laughs> performer in many other ways, but I have my limits. Yeah. How did you balance being a performer and a bartender? Yeah, it was hard. Um, obviously, the best shifts at the bar were at night. Yeah. But everybody else that worked there had some sort of other thing going on. So we were all pretty flexible with our schedules. That's good. Yeah. That's and good. I ended up getting a really regular shift of Saturday days and Monday nights. Cool. Which is never when I was doing a show. Sure. That's so great. I would go yeah, to Monday my show like Saturday night after my dark. shift. And then, yeah, theaters never really had a show on a Monday night. Nice. That's good. So that worked out pretty well. Yeah. Did that for many, many years. I feel like that is something that keeps people, either keeps people in Chicago from becoming a part of the service industry mm-hmm. or is a reason why people are like, I have to get out of the service industry because it's limiting. Right. So I work in staffing now and hire a bunch of temps and 
whatnot from the comedy improv community. Because That's right. I forgot that that. It doesn't pay as well as, say, bartending does, but you know you're off work at five. Exactly. And there, there's something really valuable about that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I. Uh, my job is uh, we, te- we do training classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I talked about this in, in John's episode. But outside of the classes, my schedule is very very flexible Mm. so like it only averages out to about 30 hours a week and there are times when i'm like man i could absolutely be making more money somewhere else but but you get the flexibility is like invaluable you know and they say that our generation cares more about flexibility and uh success and recognition at work than long-term 401k um all of the I mean, those longevity kinds... of our parents who've mm-hmm. been at the same job for 30 years. And I was going to say, I think those kinds of things are starting to fail that generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, becoming more and more frequent that, like, especially big companies aren't going to want to honor those people who are about to retire and are really expensive because they've been around for as long as they have. Right. And those kinds of, that kind of thing is becoming less sacred. Mm. And I think part of it is because, you know, uh, because of the state of the economy and because of the state of like younger workers, it's easier. People are more dispensable. Sure. And that, it sucks. Like, <laughs> in, a, in a way, I kind of want to be dispensable. I mean, I, I want the ability to feel like I can go somewhere else. Yes. And easily get a job somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that in. is, like you said, unique to our generation. Yes. Agreed. Especially compared to our parents' generation. Right. But it's a bit, I mean, my boyfriend and I both are dads are both out of a job right now oh wow um and both of them got laid off by the place that they are working mm-hmm. and uh it's a weird thing to like see happen yeah uh, we it working for a staffing agency so probably majority of the people who come in an interview are young mm-hmm. 30s 20s and and then every, every now and then while. we get this uh, handful of um, older generation folks looking to get back into the workforce after having been let go or moms having come back after raising children. Sure. And they are always so apologetic, like, thank you so much for interviewing me. I'm, you know, I, I can't believe you that you take the time. I was like, you're way better than some yeah, nerd. That, have you seen yeah. your experience? Yeah, that's been working at like Groupon for a couple of years yeah. and thinks he's the shit. Yeah, no, like, you he's are a, the and people. he's actually a tool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're the you have a work ethic. You show up to yeah. your assignment. Yeah. yeah, there's gotta be some, and maybe it's. I mean, they both both of our dads live in South Carolina, so maybe there's just not really as much of a like. There's probably not much as much of a job market. Period, right. <laughs> but especially for I don't know. It's just, sorry, that's totally a tangent, but. No, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, working in staffing, it's something I think about a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what else I think a lot about is food. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Uh, so what are your favorite Irish dishes? Corned beef wins for sure. So every year I make three corned beefs. They're not cheap, but they're so good. That's that. And I cook them three different ways. And then I make people guess, try all three kinds and see what they like. Which one is which? Um, how do you even, I don't even, what is the difference between what makes it corned beef? Oh, so <laughs> that's a great I, question. I started that sentence so many ways. <laughs> what makes a corned beef? What corned beef? No, really? <laughs> it's like a, a hard cut of beef that has to be super salted okay. and cured. And it's really fatty. And so when you have a corned beef sandwich or corned beef platter... Hash. Corned beef hash, yeah, it's always cut against the grain, and you can like see the fat marbling mm-hmm. in it. It's mm-hmm. just really good. So it's, it's got to be cooked like low and slow the for a long time. Bacon of beef, yeah. Except it's got to come from a different place. So I guess bacon can come from anywhere in the pig. Oh, maybe uh. and maybe corned beef can too. I don't know. I I wish I the knew only more about comparison it. I was thinking of was like it's fatty and it's cured. Yeah. You got to cook it long and slow because otherwise it's not tender. So I, growing up, I felt like my dad and my grandma would always boil it. That seemed to be the common thing to do. And I did that for many years here in Chicago. And then um, got myself one of those fancy crock pots. I was going to say, that sounds like a job for a crock pot if I've ever heard one. Mm-hmm. John and I moved in together and I was like, I'm going to get a crock pot and I'm going to make us so many crockpot meals uh, my mom is a queen of a crockpot i love it so that in my opinion yields the best corned beef that sounds amazing it's somehow you know and does all the work for you yeah. and then the third way i cook the corned beef is in the oven oh so you still do it boiled yeah because you oven. can't i don't have three crockpots right you that's know? what i was thinking yeah. when you said like now i do the crockpot i was like she got three crockpots <laughs> i will i'm not far from you being flush that with woman crock-pots. <laughs> i'm really close to still to being that kind of woman i love hosting so much uh-huh. that sometimes i do stand in my kitchen and i'm like if i had another crock-pot. yeah i'm out of pots <laughs> but i have four more dishes i was planning on making but there's no more burners on my stove no more crock pots. Uh, i feel like that's such a uh, big irish catholic family desire as well to keep cooking people are done people have left the house there's still tons of food on the table and i'm still cooking <laughs> i enjoy it so much if you ever come over to my house and you don't eat my food I really freak out. <laughs> like something must have been wrong. Oh my food! And I think bad. that's why. I mean, I, I obviously have a lot of friends who are vegetarian, but I think I have a really hard time dealing with dealing it. with it, <laughs> like catering to it. Yeah, because or... I try so hard then to make a vegetarian meal, and it's just I feel really fake. Like I'm putting on a show. That's so funny. Even my other Irish dishes. So there's champ, which is mashed potatoes with like green scallions. Butter, a little milk, maybe, or cream. I'm in. Kolkakin, which is... Kolkakin. That might not be the right pronunciation. <laughs> it's my pronunciation. Which is also right. kind of a form of mashed potatoes, but mixed together with either, like, cabbage or kale. So it's kind of like this oh, hodgepodge I think thing. I've had something like mm-hmm. that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, tea, which is kind of a equivalent to, like, a potato pancake. I'd say. Mm, that sounds good. All of these dishes technically shouldn't have any animal product in it, but it's just the way I cook. So when I know vegetarians are coming over, I just kind of freeze. 
uh, so like, what would you? How would you, I what, made like, a complete with, like, animal vegetarian fat or meal something? Once. How would you make those dishes? Yeah, with yeah, animal? Okay. yeah. Lard, so, butter, like, bacon grease, and stuff. Mm-hmm, bacon okay. grease, exactly. Okay, exactly. Okay. I literally cook my green scallions for in. Champ, which is mashed potatoes, in bacon grease. But that sounds delicious. And then people are like, "Is this vegetarian?" I'm like, "Yeah." And then they've got the spoon coming to their mouth, and I scream, and I remember. And you're like, "Wait, I, I cooked it in bacon fat." I made this meal, a vegetarian meal for a friend I had over for dinner once, and I went through so much effort, and I was so excited about it, and I topped it off with a couple little things, like little salt, a little pepper, and a little fish oil. Oh no! I totally forgot fish oil has fish in it. That's so specific, though. I feel like there are plenty of vegetarians who wouldn't have issue with that. Yeah, I think I'm not f- this vegetarian, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I feel like for one reason or another, most of the people that I'm friends with who are vegetarian or vegan, it's like more health related reasons. Yeah, and it knowing vegetarians and eating with vegetarians makes me. A, a better food yes for, so to speak I, t- I agree yeah um it definitely makes me think more about stuff like that like i try mm-hmm. to uh if i'm gonna eat meat eat something that's a little higher quality <laughs> than right. i maybe used exactly. to exactly and fresher greens and mm-hmm. um and i bread mean and you dairy. did bring in a couple bag of stanley's i went to stop my stanley <laughs> to get some fruits and veggies it's a great Stanley's is awesome. Oh, love it. <laughs> Bill Kinkle told me a long story about this woman oh, that he Bill. met at Stanley's once. Of course he did. In a romantic way, not yeah. just some other woman. Okay. Nope. <laughs> he like went out on dates with a woman that he met in Stanley's. <laughs> I love that. Of course he did. I feel like he would be the person just who just takes would. a really long time to buy an eggplant because he's like, there's bound to be a beautiful woman coming in here to buy <laughs> organic fresh produce at a really cheap price. Stanley's is the only place I've been able to find um, raw peanuts or green peanuts uh, in Chicago. I don't even know what that means. It just means they're not roasted yet, uh, which... So all peanuts are usually roasted? Correct. Oh. Uh, Yeah, if peanuts have, like, a hard shell and are salty and taste good when you eat them, then they've been roasted. Okay. Um, If peanuts are, like bland and the shell is like softer uh then you shouldn't beat them those those don't need to be eaten but what you can do with them mm-hmm. is boil them and that's why i'm interested in buying raw and peanuts. what would you do with boiled peanuts boiled peanuts are like southern edamame ah is the best way that i know to put it for someone who's not southern great yeah it's so we take our boiled peanuts and we go to Clemson and hell yes watch a game hell yes you would uh yeah there was a truck like um less than a mile outside of the back gate of my university that just like it was there every day mm-hmm. selling boiled peanuts and mm-hmm. they were delicious and you get like two giant cups of them for five dollars or just one for three sounds good I think I'll have to try it at home they're delicious can I crock pot them um you know, never have, but maybe probably. Well, probably. I would say probably. Yeah. I think you can crock pot everything. I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boiled peanuts are amazing. I think, I don't, yeah. Southern edamame. Like, imagine. That's a good, I, I totally got that. Yeah. 
finger food, mm-hmm. a little snack. A little salty. Mm-hmm. With a discardable shell. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, mushy. Right. Because they're all boiled. Mushy peas. That's uh, English-Irish food that I stay away from. Ooh, I feel like not a mushy peas everybody food. gets one food, and peas is mine. <laughs> is it period? That is your, you, not a peas person? Not the peas. Mine is green peppers. Bell peppers? Green bell peppers. I love. Seems like such an unoffensive food. It See, tastes like water. I could not disagree more. <laughs> okay. And people probably say the same thing about peas. Peas are, I think, more of a texture thing. Yeah, than a and they thing. smell like butt. I think lima beans are gross. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all agree lima beans are gross, but I can stomach lima beans. Ugh. Like, I can swallow, uh, but if you put, I don't peas. know, like, if you just happen to have the ability to put peas in my mouth, <laughs> somehow that was a hap- that was happening, I would die. I would really See, gag. I think... I think red bell peppers and yellow bell peppers and orange bell peppers, I think they're delicious and sweet. But not green. I think green bell peppers, when you cook them into flavor, things, yeah. I think when you cook them into things, the flavor of them permeates the dish. I can't stand it. Oh, I see. I think red, yellow, orange are, are sweeter, have a better flavor. Yeah. I definitely prefer the taste of those. And to me, yeah, like if you... If green peppers are on a pizza, I love pizza enough, and I'm old enough to not be, like, <laughs> super picky about it. I'll probably try to pick off the ones that I can see, I, but I will probably still eat it. But you'll be disappointed in the pizza. Absolutely, I will. Yeah. I can't stand green peppers. Get them out of my face. But it's a pizza. And so that's what you're saying. You're like, I love pizza that much that... Exactly. You will still eat this piece of pizza that once had a pepper on it. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, if there's still some in there, uh, fine. Thank God peas is not a pizza topping. You should be very grateful. Oh, man, I've lucked out. Especially, like, my favorite pizza places are a pizza. Mm -hmm. And they, all of their, like, specialty pizzas. Green pepper. Are green pepper. Yep. It's a staple. It's that crunch. Because everyone likes that satisfying crunch. Though you have to admit... The bell pepper is a beautiful thing. Yes. I think it's one of the most gorgeous, those na- bright natural colors. It's beautiful. Yeah. If Whenever you see I see bell like, peppers the, in like, stores. Stop yeah, the stoplight combos. Exactly. Are, they look, yeah, yeah. I just think there's, it's like one of the most beautiful natural things. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's so funny to, for, to be talking about like how much you love Irish food and making it and everything. And it's like, yeah, basically it's like a lot of beef and potatoes. <laughs> it is. It's such a stereotype, but it's so true. And then you're like, oh, produce is so beautiful. And <laughs> but I don't know what it's like. People have gotten me into it more. <laughs> I've learned that produce is something that I should be eating. Whenever I, I make my big Irish meal, I I really struggle with like the lack of healthy fruits and vegetables. Really? I mean, certainly I could just put stuff out. Yeah. But it's not Irish. It doesn't feel as as true to the tradition uh-huh. of just another bowl of mashed potatoes. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. Uh-huh. I think that the look of that spread would just be hilarious. It is. Oh, man. It makes, like, fat person saying that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> and just, like, dollops of butter for everyone to go around. And food is so specifically tied to memories, I oh, think, gosh. in a lot of cases. I have five adopted Ethiopian cousins. <gasps> cool. They are the light of my life. They are just 
they're the best. Did they grow up in Indiana too? They or? did. Yes. Wow. So from another one of my dad's brothers that lives uh, near, really close to Notre Dame, they actually live on Notre Dame Avenue um, or somewhere right around there. God, Notre Dame Avenue, Notre Dame, Illinois, or in Indiana. Indiana. It's too much, isn't it? <sighs> it's too much. <laughs> Pump the brakes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, these poor kids. They're pretty well adjusted, despite the fact they um, are t- absolutely a part of our Irish meals and our. Of course. I mean, they're, they're your family. And I, I asked my dad recently, like, do you remember having your first um, St. Patrick's meal with the cousins, the adopted cousins, and what they thought of it? Were they all adopted at the same time? In three stages. So we wow, got but still, that's... Simon, Alban, and Epi at once, and then later Malin, and then later Epi. No, Trudy, sorry. I was going to say, amazing. two same name. <laughs> two same name. <laughs> Poor choice. <laughs> two same name, same fam. Mm. Mm, awkward. <laughs> One of you is the number two then. Yeah. <laughs> my, so my dad did not have any memory of that. He Nothing specifically mm-hmm. about them enjoying their first um, Irish meal at grandma and grandpa's. All my dad said was, I think they just were just so happy to be a part of our family. Aww. And I was like, that's so sweet. That's really sweet. It's also totally assuming that, sure. you know, this food is something that they should be um, totally falling in love with. Uh-huh. When in reality, the food they grew up with is way more delicious. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ethiopian we, food is yeah. really delicious. We had a big meal. I think it was in place of Thanksgiving one day instead of doing a traditional American Thanksgiving. Cool. Uh, it might have ended up just being like the day before Thanksgiving. I can't quite remember. Yeah. But we had Ethiopian food. And I had had Ethiopian food here in Chicago, um, living so close up to Uptown. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great spots up there. That's but, exactly where yeah. uh, the place that you, what, is still uh, there, but the old annoyance was like right across Demira. the street from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Demira. Yep, exactly. And then Ethiopian Diamond just a little farther north on Broadway. But I didn't want my, my two uh, new cousins to know how much... I already knew about Ethiopian food. I wanted them to teach me and show me. Oh. So I just made a big show of it. I was like, what do you mean? I'm supposed to use my hands? Yeah. And they were falling out of their yeah. seats. They were loving it. Oh, no. You tear off the thing. You <laughs> use that. Yeah. It's actually kind of genius. It I is. Think. To use the um, injara. Injara is I think that's what it's called. The no, slightly idea. sour bread that uh, my like aunt that. attempted to make in a true Ethiopian style of outside in on a rock in the sun no letting way. this bread cook so to speak it's wow. so good i could just eat it all day i don't it know if good. bread's the right i mean i'm sure that's the category i'm not it's sure like if it's a, the right it's kind of like a savory crepe yeah really soft and and gooey and porous mm-hmm. so you can soak up all the really delicious yeah it's entrees. good that's so cool. What a cool thing to get to share with them and have them. Yeah, I mean, I mean they've made our life so incredibly better, and we have given them Notre Dame football and cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> and they've shown us happiness and light and youth. <laughs> and a perspective totally different from exactly Notre Dame football and cornbread. Right. That's really, really cool. What a cool thing. It's like I would – yeah, it's like uh, it's them sharing it with you, but also your family was 
you know, your aunt was the one making all the food and stuff. Yes. So I'm sure that was really exciting and funny for them to witness too. Yeah, helping teach her how to do it. That's and, awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. The two older boys certainly remember um, Ethiopia and and their previous lives because they were about five and six okay. when they came. And the kids, the other kids were younger. But How old are all of them now? So Simon is now a ballet dancer in Germany. He is 18, maybe. That's what I was going to ballpark. Yeah. Dang. When he um, came into our lives, started taking, doing sports, was really good at it. A great thing to do for soccer is ballet. Started taking ballet. I'm not sure if that was the exact series of events, but was ended up being really good in ballet. And both boys really are. And now Simon's working professionally. Phenomenal. In, and technically got a really late start in it. A yeah. Lot of da- most dancers start, you know, when they're like a toddler. Wow. <clears throat> That's awesome. Yeah. So he, I want to say he's 18. And then um, it goes down from there. And the youngest, Trudy, is mm, seven. Oh, that's so cool. They're the best. Man, I, uh, yeah, I have a really small family. So that is, I have uh, one, two, three, four total cousins. Oh, okay. Yeah, they On both they sides. brought the cousin count from like, 16 to 21. <laughs> At that point, it's like, yeah. eh, just well, add them on. What's five more? What's five more? <laughs> what's five more? Exactly. So, but are they all the youngest? They're the youngest. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. That's so mm-hmm. fun. That's awesome. Except now the great grandkids are coming. My, oh my cousins boy. are having kids. Yeah. 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 My brother is the oldest cousin, so he's the only one who has any. Mm. And then I'm the next one. I'm like, you and your brother. Here we go. I'm the, uh, he and I are the oldest. Of our fam. Uh, yeah, I'm going to let him carry that burden for a little <laughs> while. You know what I mean? <laughs> Me too. Yeah, my brother and sister-in-law are about to have their first in a week. Oh, exciting. Yeah, they live in the Netherlands. So the baby is going to be this really hip, cool baby. I think it's going to be born on a bicycle. <laughs> Dang, your family's so international. They are lucky and luckily enough, yeah. And my parents used to live in Africa, too, doing um, AIDS work clinical drug trial vaccines stuff Dang. like that so i got to go visit them there i have been very fortunate what in all the travels it, i've done that's crazy that's so cool what did your dad do now uh just retired from nursing i was gonna say and I now is traveling that he all around worked in the medical field to have been doing that kind exactly. of exactly my parents were both mom. nurses wow yeah very cool that is what a, i mean i could see it's so apparent why you'd want to talk about this i feel like it's so in you know integrated in all these small it ways. is uh, the irish side definitely permeated in uh as to go back to the beginning of our conversation you said does it permeate the day-to-day and i suppose it did in a way because i grew up in south bend and with the irish side of the family my mom was from queens italian um we weren't quite sure what else she found out uh pretty late in life that her dad was adopted which was a surprise so Definitely Italian hmm. um, and Dutch because her last name was Vanderhoof. Hmm. And I think my mom was always a little jealous of, like, the Irish side. It was so easy for us to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. It was sure. so easy to – Notre Dame football was, like, shoved down our throats because yeah. we grew up – we lived across the street. Yeah. Um, but every chance – any of that until becoming a part of your dad's family. Right, right. So it was just, like, this onslaught of it. So any chance we got – she was like, we're going back to New York. We're going to see plays. 
We're going to hang out with my side of the family. Awesome. We're going to um, hang out with the Cochios and is that the Italian side. Yeah, the Cochios. The Cochios. Is that uh, what got you into performing? Was being able to see yeah. shows there? Uh, yeah, I mean, one of the many things. Yeah. Yes. My mom um, definitely took me to see some really amazing shows in New York. What did I you miss I miss New York a lot. And then when my parents left Africa, they went to New York for six years and lived there. Wow. So that was home for a while. I went wow. to New York City a lot to visit them. Um, and now that they don't live there anymore, it just I, I've, I've been craving it. Because mm-hmm. I used to go one to two times a year, mm-hmm. and I haven't been in a couple of years. I was just complaining the other day about it. So I think yeah. I've got to rectify it. Just show up one weekend, see as many shows as I can. Do it. Yeah. I, w- I think the last time I was there was 08. That's definitely the longest stint of time I spent because I went for a spring break. And spring break in New York. <laughs> I know. I am like, but that's like what I, I didn't want to go to Panama City. Yeah. I wanted to go to New York. Like, um, <laughs> um, my kind of gal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we still got to, at some point have a big jam sesh about slings and arrows oh, my favorite <laughs> canadian television show uh, about a shakespearean festival mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. such a good show incredible show i mean all the deep cuts and references to shakespeare in the theater scene are amazing but then also just the relationships yeah between those those characters i i i love exactly like that's exactly why i love it so much because the way that they use Shakespeare to, mm-hmm. you know, create the situations and relationships between the people that are actual characters on the show. Exactly. So good and so interesting. And see how modern Shakespeare can actually be universal. Yes. I think that show was Rachel McAdams' first big I think debut. it is too, yeah. And I thought she was great on it. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I still totally consider charming. myself, yes, I still consider myself a big Rachel McAdams fan <laughs> just because, like, one of the first big things I watched her in was Slings and Arrows. I mean, I guess I had seen The Notebook before I got around uh-huh. to Slings and Arrows, but I didn't really care about it. And then I saw that and was like, oh, shit, like, she's super legit. Good. Right. Um, Canada produces the best actors. Yeah, and yes. Canada will say so it true. too. Um, unfortunately, they know it. They know it, mm-hmm. and and they're nationalistic as they should be because America takes credit for everything. Yes, um, I mean even the fact that I said America, Canada is technically America, but we all know what I oh, mean. Oh, that's you know? so funny. Yeah, I wouldn't have even thought yeah. about it like that. So uh, they take great pride in in their well trained uh, actors. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, have you ever done any Irish theater? No, great question. Um, saw a couple Irish plays at Shaw Festival, another theater festival in Canada. Um, and I remember really liking them. I can't quite remember the author, but they mm. were like probably 18th, 19th century Irish pieces. Um, but no, I don't think I've I did ever done actual Irish Translations theater. by Brian Friel oh, great. my freshman year. But that's, that's the end of my list. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Brian Friel passed away this week. Oh, did not know. Topical. R.I.P. <laughs> did you know he that he was if, like eighty-seven? If I he mean, got buried at Notre Dame Cemetery, it's called Cedar Grove, and got a view of Touchdown Jesus. 
his gravesite would cost forty thousand dollars more than if he didn't if get it a doesn't. view. Stop. <laughs> it's true. My dad and I had to have this conversation when my mom passed. Sure. And I was like, Dad, she hated Notre Dame. Please. Don't spend that money. Please don't do that. That would be for you, not for He was her. like, I think it'll be the greatest joke our family ever has. <laughs> so what did he do? We went for it. You did? Yeah. He was like, this is, I mean, it's so ridiculous. When somebody dies, you get all this money. It's so strange. So you're like, yeah, yeah I'm just going to spend it on you. That's the so person funny. who passed. That's I, so funny. 40 might be an exaggeration. We call it Costelloing, which is my last name. Yes. In the family, exaggeration of the story. It could be four. I definitely heard 40. It's still... I'm going to have to get fact-checked now. Absurd, eh. I feel like Notre Dame's going to call me and be like, um, you've uh, you've made our cemetery <laughs> too elite. I was going to say <laughs> that there's no way they would, but, like, honestly... Once I, you know, once Notre Dame is like in the description of this podcast, somebody from Notre Dame is going to be listening. People are going to yeah. want to hear, even probably with like, oh, St. Patrick's Day. I'm very Irish. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. That is, I that is some, like in the end. I love that that's it? the like, like the sense of humor that you're I know. About He's that. got a great sense of humor. The actual tombstone facing. <laughs> Touchdown, Jesus. It's, it's amazing. And is the, that like they're redoing the stadium. The, is it, where is Touchdown, Jesus in relationship to the stadium itself? Uh, so just on the south side. North side. Okay. Just on the north side. So if you're in the stadium and you're facing north, mm. Touchdown, Jesus, is you, in the I end mean, zone. you can literally get the football within his arms. And so there's a tiny little... Um, scoreboard that they're moving they're going to create a jumbotron but it's not going to block touchdown jesus i mean how could it everybody was up in arms yeah (laughs) sure you can spend 300 in the arms of touchdown jesus (laughs) (laughs) jesus would want us to spend 365 million dollars on a stadium renovation Uh, but jesus would not want to be blocked it's funny the things that we do for uh, for tradition and for religion yeah. and for football. I mean, eating three different ways of preparing <laughs> not very good meat in the name of tradition. Tradition is literally going to kill me. I'm going to go out on Jameson and marbled meat. And fatty, tough meats. Yep. That are probably diff- more difficult for your body to digest in the end. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is uh, is Bailey's like? Is it actually? Is it an Irish product, or did somebody just like? It's gotta be. I would. I guess I would. It's gotta be an Irish product. All I know is it is delicious. It's so good. It's the kiss. It's kind of creepy though that it doesn't need to be refrigerated. Oh. Because it has to have some yes. some sort of dairy in it. Yes, I paused because I was like, oh, no, I don't know if I've ever thought about that before. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there isn't an actual real element of dairy. But I feel like there would have to be for it to curdle in the Correct. presence You're right. of And you know those Guinness. little half and halves you get at, like, a diner? Yes. Those aren't refrigerated. Also not refrigerated. So somehow... Maybe there's similar uh, makeups. Can you have someone on your podcast... 
to come and talk about dairy products. Dairy. I will I'll put it in my notes because <laughs> I will listen. Uh, I feel like there's got to be someone who legitimately loves, like at least cheese. People love cheese. Well, yes. <laughs> My boyfriend has a best friend who does not love cheese. And I got to say. Who, like, doesn't like cheese at all? Like, doesn't eat it? Won't eat a piece of pizza with cheese on it, unlike you and your green peppers. Just won't even come near cheese. He thinks it's absolutely disgusting. And he's a lovely man. And his wife is absolutely fantastic. And when I'm with them, all I can think about is how weird he is for not liking cheese. (laughs) I hold it against him. I really do. I hold it against my boyfriend for having a friend like that. <laughs> it's just... I'm kind of like that with people who don't like dogs. Yeah, okay. I don't not like dogs. Oof. I get scared. Okay, I mean, I guess scariness is they one just thing. When they're big enough to jump on me and push me over. That's fair, but like, do you... But I'm not going to be like... Do you like? I'm not coming over to your house because you have a dog. Do you like cute little doggies? Of course I do. Okay, see that's all I'm looking for. I want a cute little dog. I have a. We have an office dog. Her okay. name's Muffin. She's like eight pounds. Okay, so like you would get a dog, a cute little dog. Yeah, but I also don't want to be that kind of girl with a cute little dog. Like yeah. In a purse, in yeah. my bike oh. basket. Because I'm like no, I'm like two days away from being that girl. <laughs> it's tangible. <laughs> My bike basket would fit a cute little dog so well. <laughs> and you just can't give it to the With temptation. my Stanley's produce? Yeah. That Jeez, would, look at me. You would be like, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a baguette hanging out of a, <laughs> a book bag or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and your bike has a bell on it and mm-hmm. little. And people are just walking behind me singing. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, that's I'm like two what days I like away from is. being that person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a very like, I could think of that person as a, like a little provincial Irish town girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> kind of like the Irish um, Belle from Beauty and the Beast. That's exactly what yep. I thought of. Yeah. I'm always reading my books and I'm just way, way more beautiful than the man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. That's what I think of when I see you in T-Box. Oh, good. Yep. I'll tell him you said so. <laughs> Beauty in the Box. Beauty in the Box. Well Ooh, done. Oh, I like that. Oh, gosh. You know that there's this bar crawl, T-Box, in Chicago. Yes. And that's his Nick, that's John's right. nickname. So, speaking of Wrigley, Yeah, though, I feel like, is there anyone else in his life in Chicago who calls him John besides you? Anybody that's met him through, through me. you. That makes sense. Probably first calls him John. That makes sense. But even like my cousins and my college friends who met John through me. Still all call still him Still now call him T-Box. Because they're like, why do you call him John? Yeah. T-Box is so, My dad calls him T-Box. That's hilarious. My dad's like, yeah, I'm coming up. Tell T-Box I'll be there in an hour. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't call... The man I'm in love with and I'm living with, T-Box. See, that's so funny because I find myself, when I'm referring to him with you, calling him John. Because because I know know that that's what you call him. Yeah. Yeah. But it makes me a little more motherly, which is kind of, I don't want that relationship. Yeah, but also, like, how can you call, I I can't imagine referring to my significant other by a nickname like that. Like that. Right. Any other nickname. Right. I'd say. If his name 
Yeah, I mean, T-Box is just so distinctively a nickname. Agreed. Uh, and what is your relationship with the bar crawl? <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst weekend of my life. And, and leading up to the T-Box bar crawl, which is the 12 bars of Christmas, mm-hmm. all around Wrigleyville. And the I, I used to have to bartend it. People come in. They're drinking oh. all day long. They're drinking. They're eating their I cereal even, straight I out of the box. I forgot about the fact that you So, like, I have a very anyway. fine line of threshold, right? I hate T-Box. I love St. Patrick's Day parades. That's hilarious. I used to march in the New York City St. Patrick's Day parade. Some people might argue, what's the difference between these two I'm events? I'm sure. People are, walking around I'm mass I'm sure drinking. there are plenty of people in Chicago who would argue, what's the difference? Exactly. So, I get that. Mm-hmm. Big difference is, like, stupidity. <laughs> and I have to, for weeks leading up to the T-Box bar crawl, listen to girls on the train be like, oh, my God, I love T-Box. Oh, what oh, a nightmare. T-Box goes all day long. Uh, <laughs> T-Box I is can't the wait best. for T-Box. T-Box is so big. I meant- <laughs> Do you know how many people have done T-Box? And I, it gets me every year. I'm like, what the... Who do I got to punch? That's so funny. Oh, that bar crawl gets on my nerves. I can see yeah, how I, that would yeah, like haunt you. If I'm walking through Wrigleyville or driving through Wrigleyville on St. Patrick's weekend, I'm like, go ahead. Look at you in your silly little green. Mm-hmm. But the bar crawl, the T-Box bar crawl gets on my nerves. That's so, so funny. I'm willing to listen to anyone that wants to challenge me. What's the difference? Because I'm not so sure I know. You heard it here. Yeah. She wants to know. It's my, I have a love-hate relationship with organized drinking, but Without mostly it. with St. Patrick's Day. I love it. <laughs> so uh, I mean, you, it's a parade. Yeah. Who doesn't love a parade? And it's like, well, I guess tea box is associated with, like, Christmassy holidays. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas is stupid, yep. though. Like... <laughs> You don't have to be Irish to go out and have a good time and eat good food and listen to great music on St. Patrick's Day. That's fair. You don't have to be Christian to go to the tea box bar crawl. Sure. But some people just flat out don't at all associate with Christmas. Very true. And that's okay. Very true. I mean, there are plenty of people who celebrate different holidays at the same time. Right. Right. I'm trying to think of another, like, cultural ethnic holiday like St. Patrick's Day. That I'm not a part of. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo, yeah. And certainly I go out and have a good time with that. Yeah, you gotta have but marks. But it's, it's different. It's it, not as big. It is different. In and my it, group of friends. I don't think it's as big universally. Mm-hmm. I would, well, maybe it's because of where we live, though. Mm-hmm. Because there is that, like, super Irish contingency. Right. Um, so there are more, maybe there are more people who do have more of a, like... Or at least claim more of a connection to the holiday than to, like, Cinco de Mayo, which is mostly just, like, I mean, so St. Patrick's Day is celebrating St. Patrick. Right. Driving the snakes out of Ireland. Right. And is, does the day that we celebrate it on have significance where that is concerned? March 17th? Yeah. Probably. But I don't know the answer. I don't either. I think... Is that the day he drove the snakes out of Ireland? I mean, there can't be a way to know Is that. it maybe his birthday? 
probably something more similar it's to probably that. actually the feast day of saint patrick that's exactly what i was about to say is that it's probably just the day because the catholic church assigns mm-hmm. um is it every saint does every saint have a day Nah. Don't you got to do something? I guess you're a saint because you did something. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> where, where my head was at. I don't know. I was raised Episcopalian, so I'm like Catholic light. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's funny that we, this is like, it took a, a tad over an hour to actually talk about like <laughs> what St. Patrick's Day actually is. <laughs> How do That's you, what I love about it is I don't have to go to church or. It doesn't. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like a religious holiday without. It's a freebie. Yeah. It's a freebie. Mm-hmm. It's a freebie. Holiday. My boss is Irish, too. So I get to tell her, like, hey, Daphne, can I go home early today so I can start my corned beef? She's like, oh, sure. Go ahead. That's so. Of course, her name is Daphne, too. Yeah. Um, so, wait, how do you get all them snakes out? Uh, a flute? I don't know. I'm making that up. Right? That's like a Pied Piper thing. Oh, so that's probably what I'm thinking of. But I think, Piper. but it could be that Pied Piper is like, I know for a fact the story of the Pied Piper is like inspired by St. Patrick. I'm pretty sure. I said I know I'm for a fact, and then I was like, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. <laughs> you can't say I know for a fact if you don't actually know for a fact. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, this whole podcast has been very factually accurate. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm going for here is just like <laughs> Wikipedia in verbal form. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs to look things up? If I want to buy a plot in Cedar Grove Cemetery in Notre Dame. I know everything I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like uh, next time somebody who's listening to this wants to cook some corned beef, they're going to know where to start. Start with the start with the crock pot. See, some carrots and onions. That sounds good. And you just, you top off the cabbage in the last 20 minutes. Ooh, because it cooks a lot faster. Yeah, it cooks real fast and you want the cabbage to be a little bit crispy. What do you put it in? What's the broth? So the corned beef will um, create enough flavor. So a lot of times when you slow cook meat, you want to put a beer or something like that, but Mm -hmm. you don't. We just want to cover it with a little bit of water, like an inch of water. Wow. And then the spice packet that it comes with. Always buy your corned beef. Never try to spice cure your own yeah that sounds i just like outrageous like don't try to be that person <laughs> get over yourself and go to costco <laughs> uh so just a little bit of water but the, the corned beef it's so fatty that if you keep a lid on it it'll create a lot of its own moisture there if you, you boil it obviously you're gonna have it covered you're gonna wanna you want to cover have something some, have something covered up you yeah. put beer in that or just water just water um oh there was another oh I was just going to say that I feel like the only way that I ever had corned beef growing up was corned beef hash because my dad really likes corned beef hash. Corned beef hash is great, but uh, it seems like such a waste of corned beef to me. Really? Yeah. It, you're, you're diluting the flavors with mixing in the onions and the potatoes a bit. Uh-huh. It's probably like the rest of the corned beef. If you have a really nice slice of corned oh. beef, why would you then dice it up in sure. my opinion? That's fair. But if you've got, like, little chunks of corned beef, that sounds like a good use for it. Do you bake your own soda bread, too? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. From scratch. That's great. That's awesome. you got to put the X in the top. So. Oh, yeah. 
to help uh, get the heat down to the middle because the middle is so thick. Because it's dense. Yeah, that is a so dense, dense bread. Yeah, it takes like 45 <laughs> minutes to bake. Wow. Yeah. That's so funny. I always mix other bread, but it does not get eaten. I remember when we did translations uh, when I was in school. Uh-huh. Uh, that was like where my soda bread reference came from. Uh, but at some point during the process of the show, maybe for opening night, um, I think it was the director's wife made and brought in soda bread nice. and everyone in the cast tried it and was like, whoo, <laughs> not very good. Not very good. <laughs> but you know what is so good? Really good butter mm. and really good butter on a piece of soda bread. I can get into that. Makes I it. could definitely get into that. It's just like then a venue or a vehicle. Yes, for, for good delicious butter. butter. And the bread is, yeah, like because it's not subtracting or adding anything <laughs> to the situation. Right. <laughs> like it's just a medium. It kept many people alive. <laughs> Thank it's goodness. Very, very good. Thank goodness. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, did you hear how many potatoes were involved in that meal? <laughs> so many potatoes. I don't know if you know this. You can just have eight potato dishes, and if you call them all a different name, people think that they're different. That's hilarious. Be like, I really liked the one in the Red Bull. It was the same as in the blue. <laughs> uh, I just gave it a fancy name. What Do you have, like, one definitive favorite St. Patrick's Day memory? Or favorite or maybe, like, craziest dumbest thing that you did while you've been celebrating your like adult St. Patrick days? Yeah, the 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 first thing that comes to mind um and I hope I'm not costelloing this and exaggerating because this is it's very clear in my memory that this is the way it happened. Grandma said a little Irish blessing, mm-hmm. saying her beautiful Irish ballad and then Right before we ate, she said, and you might have heard this before, but it was the first time I had heard it. Here's to the men we love. If the men we love don't love us, then fuck the men and here's to us. Uh, and we're all yes. like, what? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's so funny. Yeah. I just remember about how old my do you jaw think you dropping. Were? Yeah. Uh, probably high school That's or college. So funny. Yeah, old enough that like she, she's so funny, and, and I was starting to realize how funny she was. That's hilarious. Yeah, man, That's so great. And we're like Grams. You little, uh, you little got, fox. She's got a little fight in her. She does. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's awesome. Is there anything else you feel like you would be remiss if you did not touch on or talk about? Go Irish. Oh, boy. <laughs> Go Irish. Uh, okay. Wrap it up. Tie a bow. How do you feel like your love of St. Patrick's Day has influenced your life, both creatively and in general? It's a great question. Um, my love of St. Patrick's Day encourages me to create a community, food and conversation, socializing, joy, delight, happiness i get real excited for it i love that creatively yeah whatever 
<laughs> Maybe not as much. But I feel like all the things that you... Try to find that in the community of the people you create art with. Sure. That's exactly what I was going to say. Exactly. Is I think that that answer covers both. Mm-hmm. Because I think all those things are absolutely imperative. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were that's how we started at the top of the show yeah we started talking about people that we're glad have reached have, have success they want because have. they're amazing people and we're so happy and for really them. nice and joyous exactly that's called full circle baby love it <laughs> uh caitlin this has been a real delight thank you thank you so much i love you and i mean that you're my little leprechaun mm. <laughs> bye this has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.